Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also at that website, there's a tab entitled Lesson Sign Up, where you can subscribe to receive an excellent daily email that contains both the reading for the day as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Section 8 in the decision for guiltlessness, beginning at, uh, oh well, we'll pick up a little bit, but beginning essentially at paragraph 79 through the end of that section, and then section 9, the way of salvation. We're also mindful of our lesson today, which is lesson 153, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. And by way of opening this morning, I was directed uh, to this poem from Pure Life's Abaddon. It is book 40 prayers, and it's called Pouring. And it goes like this. The tender one inside each one is you. The quiet one inside each one is you. The one I love inside each one is you. Beloved, you pour into so many faces, I forget who I'm talking to. I want to be faithful, but you keep winking at me from all these eyes. My heart has a confession. It's in love with the sky and the great mountain there, and the way they touch each other here, inside me. Sometimes they're so gentle they hardly move, then soft rain runs down. Sometimes lightning leaps up and a wild howling follows. Beloved, you keep pouring this moment into the next and you don't leave a clue how you do it. I'm in love with that pouring. Mm, Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Awesomely beautiful. Thank you, Lori. Oh, thank you, Lori. I do love that poem. What can be seen and loved and followed home. Alrighty. Here's a reading list this morning. My friends, we have Fran, Lemoyne, Karen, and Lana. We're joined in listening this morning by Kristen, Robin Marie, and Judy. And I wonder if there's anyone else who's joined us would like to be on the reading list or just say hi. Uh, so far, uh, not yet, but we'll see who comes along. So while we were picking up essentially our reading today in the decision for guiltlessness at paragraph 79, um, at Lemoyne's suggestion, I think it's great to go back for a little bit from yesterday's reading just as a service to remind ourselves, set the setting, if you will. 
from paragraph 72, I'll pick up, God is the only cause, capital C, and guilt is not of him. Teach no one he has hurt you, for if you do, you teach yourself that what is not of God has power over you, and the causeless cannot be. Remember always that mind is one, and cause is one. And from 77, the one who knows the plan of God, which God would have you follow, can teach you what it is. Only his wisdom is capable of guiding you to follow it. The Holy Spirit knows that all salvation is escape from guilt. You have no other so-called enemy. And against this strange distortion of the purity of Son of God, the Holy Spirit is your only friend. He is the strong protector of your innocence, which sets you free. And it is his decision to undo everything that would obscure your innocence from your unclouded mind. With him, you will not fail to learn what God wills for you is your will. Without his guidance, you will think you know alone and will decide against your peace. Picking up at paragraph 79 in the defense of or the decision for guiltlessness. Seek not to appraise the worth of God's Son, whom he created holy, for to do so is to evaluate his Father and judge against him. You will feel guilty for this imagined crime, which no one in this world or heaven could possibly commit. God's Son teaches only that the so-called sin of self-replacement on the throne of God is not a source of guilt. What cannot happen can have no effect in your faith in him who loves you and will lead you out of insanity. Madness may be your choice, but not your reality. Never forget the love of God who has remembered you, for it is quite impossible that he could ever let his son drop from his loving mind wherein he was created and where his abode was fixed in perfect peace forever. Friend. 79. Seek not to appraise the worth of God's Son, whom he created holy, for to do so is to evaluate his Father and judge against him. And you will feel guilty for this imagined crime, which no one in this world or heaven could possibly commit. God's Spirit teaches only that the quote-unquote sin of self-replacement on the throne of God is not a source of guilt. What cannot happen can have no effects to fear. Be quiet in your faith in him who loves you and would lead you out of insanity. Madness may be your choice, but not your reality. Never forget the love of God who has remembered you, for it is quite impossible that he could ever let his son drop from his loving mind wherein he was created and where his abode was fixed in perfect peace forever. 80. Say to the Holy Spirit only, quote, 
decide for me, unquote, and it is done. For his decisions are reflections of what God knows about you. And in this light, error of any kind becomes impossible. Why would you struggle so frantically to anticipate all that you cannot know when all knowledge lies behind every decision which the Holy Spirit makes for you? Learn of his wisdom and his love and teach his answer to everyone who struggles in the dark. For you decide for them and for yourself. Thank you, Fran. And Lloyd. Okay. Sorry, 80. Say to the Holy Spirit only, decide for me, and it is done. For his decisions are reflections of what God knows about you. And in this light, error of any kind becomes impossible. Why would you struggle so frantically to anticipate all that you cannot know when all knowledge lies behind every decision which the Holy Spirit makes for you? Learn of his wisdom and his love and teach his answer to everyone who struggles in the dark. For you decide for them and for yourself. How gracious... How gracious is it to decide all things through him whose equal love is givenly. <laughs> okay, let me start again. How gracious is it to decide all things through him whose equal love is given equally to all alike? He leaves you no one outside yourself alone without you. And so he gives you what is yours, because your father would have you share it with him. In everything, be led by him and do not reconsider. Trust him to answer quickly, surely, and with love for everyone who will be touched in any way by the decision. And everyone will be. Would you take unto yourself the sole responsibility for deciding what can bring only good to everyone? Would you know this? Thank you, Lemoyne. And Karen. 81. How gracious it is to decide all things through him whose equal love is given equally to all alike. He leaves you no one outside yourself, alone without you. And so he gives you what is yours, because your father would have you share it with him. In everything be led by him, and do not reconsider. Trust him to answer quickly, surely, and with love for everyone who will be touched in any way by the decision. And everyone will be. Would you take unto yourself the sole responsibility for deciding what can bring only good to everyone? Would you know this? 
82. You taught yourselves the most unnatural habit of not communicating with your Creator. Yet you remain in close communication with Him and with everything that is within Him, as it is within yourself. Unlearn isolation through His loving guidance and learn of all the happy communication that you have thrown away but could not lose. Thank you, Karen and Lana. Okay. Um, 82. You taught yourself the most unnatural habit of not communicating with your creator, yet you remain in close communication with him and with everything that is within him, as it is within yourself. Unlearn isolation through his loving guidance and learn of all the happy communication that you have thrown away but could not lose. 83. Whenever you are in doubt what you should do, think of his presence in you and tell yourself this and only this. Should I read 84? Yes, please. Okay. All right, let me read state 83. Whenever you are in doubt what you should do, think of his presence in you and tell yourself this and only this. He leadeth me and knows the way which I know not. Yet he will never keep from me what he would have me learn. And so I trust him to communicate to me all that he knows for me. Thank you, Lana. And do we have a new reader for 82 through 85, please? I can do it. This is Reverend Rita Joy. Oh, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, great. Um, 82. You taught yourselves the most unnatural habit of not communicating with your Creator, yet you remain in close communication with Him and with everything that is within Him as it is within yourself. Unlearn isolation through His loving guidance and learn of all the happy communication that you have thrown away but could not lose. 83. Whenever you are in doubt, what you should do, think of his presence in you and tell yourself this and only this. He leadeth me and knows the way which I know not. Yet he will never keep from me what he would have me learn. And so I trust him to communicate to me all that he knows for me. Then let him teach you quietly how to perceive your guiltlessness, which is already there. Thank you, Reverend Regia. And is there another new reader for 83 through 86, please? This is Sandra. I can read. Thank you. Whenever you are in doubt what you should do, think of his presence in you 
and tell yourself this and only this. He leadeth me and knows the way which I know not. Yet he will never keep me from what he would have me learn. And so I trust him to communicate to me all that he knows for me. Then let him teach you quietly how to perceive your guiltlessness, which is already there. Chapter 13 From Perception to Knowledge Part 9 The Way of Salvation When you accept a brother's guiltlessness, you will see the atonement in him. For by proclaiming it in him, you make it yours, and you will see what you sought. You will not see the symbol of your brother's guiltlessness shining within him, while you believe it is not there. His guiltlessness is your atonement. Grant it to him, and you will see the truth of what you have acknowledged. Yet truth is offered first to be received, even as God gave it first to his Son. First in time means nothing, but the first in eternity is God the Father, who is both first and one. Beyond the first, there is no other, for there is no order, no second or third, and nothing but first. Oh, thank you, Sandra. Would there be another new reader then for 86 and 87? I'm here. I can do it, Lori. Thanks, Chief. Chapter 13, From Perception to Knowledge. 9, The Way of Salvation. When you accept a brother's guiltlessness, you will see the atonement in him. For by proclaiming it in him, you make it yours, and you will see what you sought. You will not see the symbol of your brother's guiltlessness shining within him, while you still believe it is not there. His guiltlessness is your atonement. Grant it to him, and you will see the truth of what you have acknowledged. Yet truth is offered first to be received, even as God gave it first to his Son. The first in time means nothing, but the first with the capital F in eternity is God, the Father, who is both capital first and capital one. Both are beyond the capital first. There is no other, for there is no order, no second or third, and nothing but the capital first. You who belong to the capital first cause, created by him like unto himself, and part of him, are more than merely guiltless. The state of guiltlessness is only the condition in which what is not there has been removed 
from the disordered mind that thought it was. This state, and only this, must you attain with God beside you. For until you do, you will still think that you are separate from him. You can feel his presence next to you, but cannot know that you are one with him. This need not be taught. Learning applies only to the condition in which it happens of itself. Thank you, Judy. And would there be another new reader then for 87 and 88? 87 and 88? All right, Fran, back to you. 87. You who belong to the first cause created by him like unto himself and part of him are more than merely guiltless. The state of guiltlessness is only the condition in which what is not there has been removed from the disordered mind that thought it was. This state, and only this, must you attain with God beside you. For until you do, you will still think that you are separate from him. You can feel his presence next to you, but cannot know that you are one with him. This need not be taught. Learning applies only to the condition in which it happens of itself. 88. When you have let all that obscured the truth in your most holy mind be undone for you and stand in grace before your Father, he will give himself to you as he has always done. Giving himself is all he knows, and so it is all knowledge. For what he knows not cannot be and therefore cannot be given. Ask not to be forgiven, for this has already been accomplished. Ask rather to learn how to forgive and restore what always was to your unforgiving mind. Atonement becomes real and visible to them that use it. On earth, this is your only function, and you must learn that it is all you want to learn. Thank you, Fran. And Lemoyne. When you have let all that obscured the truth in your most holy mind be undone for you and stand in grace before your Father, he will give himself to you as he has always done. Giving himself is all he knows. And so it is all knowledge. For what he knows cannot be, and therefore, excuse me, for what he knows not cannot be, and therefore cannot be given. Ask not to be forgiven, for this has already been accomplished. Ask, rather, to learn how to forgive and restore what always was to your unforgiving mind. Atonement becomes real and visible to them that use it. On earth, this is your only function, and you must learn that it is all you want to learn. 
you will feel guilty till you learn that. Or in the end, whatever form it takes, your guilt arises from your failure to fulfill your function in God's mind with all of yours. Can you escape this guilt by failing to fulfill your function here? You need not understand creation to do what must be done before that knowledge would be meaningful to you. Let me read that again. You need not understand creation to do what must be done before that knowledge would be meaningful to you. God breaks no barriers, neither did he make them. When you release them, they are gone. God will not fail, nor ever has, in anything. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Karen. 89. You will feel guilty until you learn this. For in the end, whatever form it takes, your guilt arises from your failure to fulfill your function in God's mind with all of yours. Can you escape this guilt by failing to fulfill your function here? You need not understand creation to do what must be done before that knowledge would be meaningful to you. God God breaks no barriers, neither did he make them. When you release them, they are gone. God will not fail, nor ever has in anything. 90. Decide that God is right and you are wrong about yourself. He created you out of himself, but still within him. He knows what you are. Remember that there is no second to him. There cannot, therefore, be anyone without his holiness, nor anyone unworthy of his perfect love. Fail not in your function of loving in a loveless place made out of darkness and deceit. For thus are darkness and deceit undone. Fail not yourself, but instead offer to God and you his blameless son for this small gift of appreciation for his love God will himself exchange your gift for his. Thank you, Karen. And Lana. Okay, 90. Decide that God is right and you are wrong about yourself. He created you out of himself, but still within him. He knows what you are. Remember that there is no second to him. There cannot, therefore, be anyone without his holiness, nor anyone unworthy of his perfect love. Fail not in your function of loving in a loveless place made out of darkness and deceit. For thus 
are darkness and deceit undone. Fail not yourself, but instead offer to God and you his blameless son. For this small gift of appreciation for his love, God will himself exchange your gift for his. 91. Before you make any decisions for yourself, remember that you have decided against your function in heaven and consider carefully whether you want to make decisions here. Your function here is only to decide against deciding what you want in recognition that you do not know. How then can you decide what you should do? Leave all decisions to the one who speaks for God and for your function as he knows it. So will he teach you to remove the awful burden you have laid upon yourself by loving not the Son of God and trying to teach him guilt instead of love. Give up this frantic and insane attempt which cheats you of the joy of living with your God and Father and awaking gladly to his love and holiness which join together as the truth in you, making you one with him. Thank you, Lana. And Reverend Rija? Yep, thanks. Um, 91. Before you make any decisions for yourself, remember that you have decided against your function in heaven and consider carefully whether you want to make decisions here. Your function here is only to decide against deciding what you want in recognition that you do not know. How then can you decide what you should do? Leave all decisions to the one who speaks for God and for your function as he knows it. So will he teach you to remove the awful burden you have, put, you have laid upon yourself by loving not the Son of God and trying to teach him guilt instead of love? Give up this frantic and insane attempt which cheats you of the joy of living with God, with your God and Father, and awaking gladly to his love and holiness, which join together as the truth in you, making you one with him. 92. When you have learned how to decide with God, all decisions become as easy and as right as breathing. There is no effort, and you will be led as gently as if you were being carried along a quiet path in summer. Only your own volition seems to make deciding hard. The Holy Spirit will not delay at all in answering your every question what to do. He knows, and he will tell you, and then do it for you. You are, you who are tired might consider whether this is not more restful than sleep. For you can bring your guilt into sleeping, but not into this. Thank you, Reverend Rita and Sandra.
getting there, sorry. 92. When you have learned how to decide with God, all decisions become as easy and as right as breathing. There is no effort and you will be led as gently as if you were being carried along a quiet path in summer. Only your own volition seems to make deciding hard. The Holy Spirit will not delay at all in answering your every question what to do. He knows and he will tell you and then do it for you. You who are tired might consider whether this is not more restful than sleep. For you can bring your guilt into sleeping, but not into this. Amen. Thank you, Sandra, and thank you everyone who read this morning. I think just to touch on, there's so much in here and I can't take it apart. But to touch on those ideas that speak most deeply to me, in paragraph 80, say to the Holy Spirit only, quote, decide for me, end quote, and it is done. For his decisions are reflections of what God knows about you. And in this light, error of any kind becomes impossible. Learn of his wisdom and his love and teach his answer to everyone who struggles in the dark. For you decide for them and for yourself. How gracious it is to decide all things through him, whose equal love is given equally to all alike. He leaves no one outside yourself alone without you. So whenever you are in doubt about what you should do, think of his presence in you and tell yourself only this. He leadeth me and knows the way which I know not. Yet he will never keep from me what he knows and what he would have me learn. And so I trust him to communicate to me all that he knows for me. And let him teach you quietly how to perceive your guiltlessness, which is already there. When you accept your brother's guiltlessness, you will see the atonement in him. For by proclaiming it in him, you make it yours. His guiltlessness is your atonement. Grant it to him. And you will see the truth of what you have acknowledged. Your truth is offered first to be received, even as God gave it first to his Son. You who belong to first cause, created by him, likened to himself, and part of him, are more than merely guiltless. The state of guiltlessness is only the condition in which what is not there has been removed. This state and only this must you attain with God beside you. For until you do, you will still think that you are separate from Him. You can feel His presence next to you, but cannot know that you are one with Him. This need not be taught. Learning applies only to the condition in which it happens of itself. 
And when you have let all that obscure the truth in your most holy mind be undone for you and stand in grace before your Father, he will give himself to you as he has always done. Giving himself is all he knows, so it is all knowledge. What he knows cannot, what he knows not cannot be and therefore cannot be given. Ask not to be forgiven, for this has already been accomplished. Ask rather to learn how to forgive and restore what always was to your unforgiving mind. Atonement becomes real and visible, visible to them that use it. On earth, this is your only function, and you must learn that it is all you want to learn. In the end, whatever form guilt takes, it arises from your failure to fulfill your function in God's mind with all of yours. So decide then that God is right and you are wrong about yourself. He created you out of himself but still within him. He knows what you are. Remember, there is no second to him. There cannot therefore be anyone without his holiness, nor anyone unworthy of his perfect love. Not your place made out of darkness and deceit, for thus are darkness and deceit undone. Fail not yourselves, but instead offer to God and you his blameless Son. For this small gift of appreciation for his love, God will himself exchange your gift for his. Your function here is only to decide against deciding what you want in recognition that you do not know. So leave all decisions to the one who speaks for God and for your function as he knows it. So will he teach you to remove the awful burden you have laid upon yourself by loving not the Son of God and trying to teach him guilt instead of love. Give up this frantic and insane attempt which cheats you of the joy of living with your God and Father and awakening gladly to his love and holiness which join together as the truth in you making you one with him. When you have learned how to decide with God all decisions become as easy and bright as breathing. There is no effort and you will be led as gently as if you were being carried along a quiet path in summer. Only your own volition seems to make deciding hard. The Holy Spirit will not delay at all in answering your every question what to do. He knows and he will tell you and then do it for you. <laughs> Amen. What a beautiful, beautiful conclusion to the chapter from perception to knowledge. And gee whiz, we we wound up perfectly at the top of the hour, um, where we can place a touchstone in our heart that says we need not defend ourselves from our own safety. So, friend, if you'd lead us, please with our gratitude. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Laurie. That was great. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook. And today we're on lesson 153. 
In my defenselessness, my safety lies. So I shall read some from the lesson, and then we'll do our five-minute practice on the lesson. Lesson 153. In my defenselessness, my safety lies. You who feel threatened by this changing world, its twist of fortune and its bitter just, its brief relationships and all the gifts it merely lends to take away again, attend this lesson well. The world provides no safety. The world gives rise but to defensiveness, for threat brings anger. Anger makes attacks seem reasonable, honestly provoked, and righteous in the name of self-defense. Yet is defensiveness a double threat? The mind is now confused and knows not where to turn to find escape from its imaginings. Defenses are the costliest of all the prices which the ego would exact. In them lies madness in a form so grim that hopeless sanity seems but to be an idle dream beyond the possible. You do not realize what you have done to sabotage the holy peace of God by your defensiveness. Defenselessness is strength. It testifies to recognition of the Christ in you. Perhaps you will recall the Course maintains that choice is always made between his strength and your own weakness seen apart from him. Defensiveness is weakness. It proclaims you have denied the Christ and come to fear his Father's anger. What can save you now from your delusions of an angry God? We will not play such childish games today, for our true purpose is to save the world. We look past dreams today and recognize that we need no defense because we are created unassailable without all thought or wish or dream in which attack has any meaning. In defenselessness, we stand secure, serenely certain of our safety now, sure of salvation. Be still a moment, and in silence think how holy is your purpose, how secure you rest, untouchable within its light. It is the function of God ministers to help their brothers choose as they have done. You will not see the light until you offer it to all your brothers. As they take it from your hands, so will you recognize it as your own. You who have played that you are lost to hope, abandoned by your father, left alone in terror, in a fearful world made mad by sin and guilt. Be happy now. That game is over. Today, we practice in a form we will maintain for quite a while. We will begin each day by giving our attention to the daily thought as long as possible. Five minutes now becomes the least we give to preparation for a day in which salvation is the only goal we have. Ten would be better. Fifteen, better still. Each hour adds to our increasing peace as we remember to be faithful to the will we share with God. Yet when we can, we will observe our trust as ministers of God in hourly remembrance of our mission and his love. 
We will quietly sit by and wait on him and listen to his voice. We call upon his strength each time we feel the threat of our defenses undermine our certainty of purpose. Be not afraid, nor timid. There can be no doubt that you will reach your final goal. The ministers of God can never fail because the love and strength and peace that shine from them to all their brothers come from him. These are his gifts to you. Defenselessness is all you need to give him in return. You lay aside but what was never real to look on Christ and see his sinlessness. We will go now to our five-minute practice. Lesson 153. In my defenselessness, my safety lies.
Be not afraid nor timid. There can be no doubt you will reach your final goal. Lesson 153. In my defenselessness, my safety lies. Amen. Oh, thank you, Fran. That was lovely. This is Reverend Richard Joy, and I just, I want to just <laughs> look again at, at the lesson paragraph. Be, be still a moment, and then silence. Think how holy is your purpose, how secure you rest, untouchable within its light. God's ministers have chosen that the truth be with them. Who is holier than they? Who could be sure that his happiness is fully guaranteed? And who could be more mightily protected? What defense could possibly be needed now by those who are among the chosen ones of God by his election and their own as well? And it's really powerful. You know, uh, it's except, for me, it's accepting. It goes along with the text where it says, you know, about our purpose of, of seeing light in the seeming dark. You know, that's one of my, you know, that's one of my favorite uh, sections of the course, and I I quote it a lot, but uh, often not not correctly. But fail not in your function of loving, in a loveless place made out of darkness and deceit. For thus are darkness and deceit undone. You know, it's like light. You know, light darkness is undone by light, and it wasn't real in the first place. But boy, we think it is. That's the thing. Uh, but the other thing is, uh, oh. God, in 90, decide that God is right and you are wrong about yourself. He created you out of himself, but still within him. And that just hit me, you know, between the eyes. Um, but still within him. And that's a knowing, a feeling that I've, I've, I've had for a long time, that everything, everything is in the oneness of what is real. Um, and even what we think is not real. Everything is in the all that is. There's nothing outside of it. He said, it's only mind. You within it and it within you. Even if the mind miscreates, it's, it's miscreating within the oneness, within the only thing that exists for me. And, and so it's up to me within this, oh my God, within this only thing that exists, <laughs> to see clearly, to see correctly, to see what's truly there, to choose heaven, choose love. I, I am blessed. I didn't think I could read today without weeping, too. It's like, 
incredible. It hits me right in the center of my soul. I'm feeling blessed. Blessed. Thank you, everyone. I'm I'm complete. It's beautiful. Thank you, Reverend Rachel. Thank you, Reverend Rachel. Thank you, Reverend Rachel. That was beautiful. Thank you. Good morning, it's Lana. Um, this this section just brings to mind. Um, I you know I was in our Wednesday night group of A Course of Love. Um, we were, you know, discussing um, the idea of acceptance. And um, when I was reading the section this morning, it it brought the, to mind the you know this tool that I have. You know, it's because Jesus is reminds me and I experience it so often that um, truth naturally arises in my awareness if I'm not blocking it and um, you know it's it's a, <laughs> truth is as simple but it's not always easy as the saying goes and and so um, if I if I don't decide for myself by myself um, if I don't make any decisions myself, one thing becomes very clear. I'm not judging anything. And and if I'm not judging it, I can't feel guilty. I only feel guilty about my judgments, um, especially uh, when they're uh, judgments against the truth, you know, even though uh, it seems real in my experience. I I really need to step aside and allow Holy Spirit, um, or just to look at it with Holy Spirit in in joining with the Holy Spirit. It's like I climb up to the top of this observation tower, <laughs> way above the battleground, and I look out on uh, what I've made and, and with Holy Spirit uh, relinquish my authority, relinquish control of... Um, this world I've made, and um, a couple tools that have been really helpful to me um, in the past in in not interfering uh, with God's perfect plan of atonement is uh, for each each day to give the world and everybody in it and every experience, every situation to be what it is, you know, for that one day, and then to do that every day. And and the best place, the most helpful place, the most strengthening place I can be is to fix my focus and attention in this present moment with Holy Spirit. You know, so something arises in my awareness and I notice I don't like it. It's it's not to um, accept it in the sense that I have to accept what I don't like, but I have to accept the fact that I don't like it. You know, that's an honest and authentic evaluation. I don't have to do anything. I just notice that um, 
this energy that's passing through me. And for me, every experience, every uh, vibration of my bodily senses, um, every one of those, you know, I, I, can't, I, don't, I just step aside and la- allow that to pass through because if I start judging the world or myself or my brothers or this body or anything that shows up, um, I will feel guilty, you know, maybe not in that moment, but that guilt will arise within me, you know. So uh, to not um, judge is for me to, to the best of my ability, give permission to allow and accept what is to be. And see, when I'm able to do that, truth automatically rushes in, love rushes in, and, um, and it came through not a doing, but through just a being present with Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, my experience is that it always works. It always works when I step aside. And because any time that even given an opinion, voicing an opinion, is, um, is choosing between what I have defined as good or bad, right or wrong, true or non-true, you know, it, it doesn't even have to rise to a position of what I would call judgment. You know, if I have an opinion that's in variance with the truth, I will block the light from shining in my mind and and I will judge my brother out because I don't like it. The tendency for the ego thought system is to project it outside of myself, trying to get rid of it. And of course, it only strengthens it. And now the guilt is in my brother as well as in myself, you know. So um, to make a plan is to not plan anything, is to welcome the truth, to welcome God's plan for my perfect happiness, however it wants to show up, uh, because it represents my peace of mind. And I found, as I've shared a lot, um, is that a peaceful mind is a very powerful mind. I assume control of my mind, my right mind, in joining with the Holy Spirit. And then I can't be its victim. I can't be a victim of a mind that I've given to God, that I've aligned with the will of God, uh, that I've chosen to, to let it be what it is, and through that non-resistance of it. It's, it's very paradoxical and um, counterintuitive to what... Um, uh, the ego thought system would be inclined to do, but it's the ticket to paradise. You know, I found it to be because to just acknowledge I do not know. So how can I make any decision, any helpful decision when I do not when I do not know? Um, and just to acknowledge that is is welcoming in the truth. It it doesn't take much. Up to do nothing other than to be, you know, present with God through Holy Spirit, through my right-mindedness. And 
um, it does just naturally happen. You know, both physical and emotional pain fades away as I'm up on that observation deck looking at it with Holy Spirit. I, I see that energy just passing in me, through me, and out of me with no obstruction. And the light shines in and the darkness disappears. And um, But boy, the decision to not do anything uh, is, can be challenging to a mind, an ego mind that always wants its own way. It's, it's like a, a naughty coddler. It's, it's way or no way, <laughs> you know, it always wants to hear yes, not no. And, um, and when I say yes to love, I don't have to do any, that's the only decision I need to make is to say yes to love. And God sort of picks it up from there and untangles the mess that I made in the mind. He always undoes what I <laughs> seem to fall into when I fall into the quicksand and it starts taking me under. I just don't resist it. I don't fight. I don't do battle with it. And and that is the, the most helpful thing that I can do, to not try to battle nothingness. Um, so anyhow, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go on so long, but, but it's, it's such a powerful reading today. And the lesson, too. Oh, my God, don't get me started on the lesson. You know, <laughs> to, you know to, to be defenseless. I, can only, I only defend when I feel I'm attacked, and I can only feel attacked when I've made a judgment. So it always goes back. All the puzzle pieces fit together. You know, so anyhow, I'm going to thank you for listening. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just, holy, good morning, guys, Jude, and, um, you know, just really thinking about who's the decision maker, who's the decider, who's the doer, who, who it is whose will is happening here, um, and whether I'm in agreement with it or... I've got some ideas of my own, um, some personal ideas, personal interpretations of what I think should be happening. And um, this is just such a powerful lesson that, that speaks to making myself a victim of, of the being in the bondage to a, a selfish, self-centered, self-willed, you know, that I'm not willing, I'm willful, I'm full of Judy's kind of will. And, you know, I came to a crash and burned down the house with that. Um, which really made, made, took all the fight out of me. I ceased fighting anything or anybody because I, was, I felt like I was in opposition to everybody. And it was in um, the defense of the illusion of the self-concept that I made. You know, it, it, it worked pretty well for a while while I had a good, you know, nice um, self-concept. You know, I was functioning, and but when I I, I developed a, a self concept that wasn't quite so nice and so good, that's when the fear really set in. And I was re- reviewing through the beginning of um, of of the text and looking about how fear, because it talks about strain and stress and struggle, 
And then it talks about the flip side, walking on a path, a, a summer path, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, when I don't make any decisions, when I just go with the flow of what God's will is outpouring to me. And, Lori, I want a copy of that poem this morning. It was so absolutely beautiful. You know, that I'm just receiving everything as a gift, every breath I take, every step I make, every thought I have. You know, and, you know if I'm going to be in opposition or in conflict within me first, that defense, the defending my own personal thoughts are where the conflict in me, where the civil war in me begins, that I'm going to defend my ideas against my own happiness. I'm going to judge or criticize or say something should be other than the way it is. And um, this, I've got this thing in my head about being a convict, um, coming from the word conviction, from a line in the text from yesterday. Born, say this, in the, born in the conviction of the love of God, from the love of God. I am the love of God. God created me like himself. Love created me like itself. That is who and what I am. Purely mind in the service of my soul. One soul created, one son created, in opposition and nothing. Completely at peace and at one with that. You know, this is a total commitment, as Lori was speaking of, that unequivocal choice decision for heaven, heaven and happiness, that I'm not going to surrender my peace. I'm not going to surrender my peace to being in opposition, to being at war, to being in conflict, to defend my right to be outside of my own oneness. Defenses are the costliest of all the prices which the ego would, would exact from me. And that defenses always keep what they would defend that illusions only attack illusions, attack and defend, attack and defend, attack and defend, and that the illusions of an uh, illusory self-concept, I am Judy in this body, and, you know, I'm going to work my way and have my way, and I can get really good at it, and I think the dream's really happening, and it's really good, but it's still a dream. It's all a dream. It's a dream of separation and judgment evaluation, rejection, attack and defend, give to keep, to gain, give to gain, give to get, you know, the transactional negotiations that the ego is constantly maneuvering and manipulating in, in order to maintain its own illusion of itself. So I love this. Paragraphs four and five and... Um, the lesson today are so powerful to me that defenses are the costliest of the price the ego would make me pay, and madness in a form so grim that it's, you know, the insanity of the dream is rooted in this, and the threat of attack and defense that defenses demand. It demands defense. Uh, you know, my sister works she worked for the Defense Department and retired the, the highest um, generals in the military. And 
the 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 depths of the perception of the cost of this defense attack and defense our society is riddled with it and uh, what we have done to sabotage the holy peace of god by our defensiveness uh, we've sabotaged self-sabotage is something the ego knows very well you know no matter how good you think you're doing it's going to criticize you and, and even when you're loving it it questions your motives you know that the questioning and the doubting that comes from the insecurity of not knowing who you are um, by not knowing God Oh, this is really powerful, powerful stuff. And being a fragment, being, you know, judgment slicing and dicing the totality of my reality and, and being a fragment and a part of it is, 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 is not knowing what choice to make, not knowing how to make decisions. It's full of doubt and uncertainty. And unless I go to the Holy Spirit to God himself and say, what would you have me do today, Dad? ha <laughs> And he does it for me. I, I mean, this is the realization, what awakening enlightenment is about, that I've never done anything on my own. God's always been the doer of all of this together as one, not any of us separately. He does it all at one. That's his magic. That's his mystery. The wonderful magnitude of God doing this whole thing all at once. <laughs> Let's wrap our head around that. I think I've said enough. But I love this line about um, defenselessness can never be attacked because it recognizes strength so great. Attack is folly or a silly game a tired child might play when he becomes too sleepy to remember. It says what he wants, but I put in to remember, too sleepy to remember who I am. Joy to you all today. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Oh, thank you. That was really a lot of fun. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, This was so powerful and uh, and really. Grateful to be able to talk about it on the call right now. Um, First of all, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. Well, I've mentioned before that my family's going through a lot because of a custody battle. And uh, I got up at 6 o'clock this morning, or before 6, actually, before my alarm, thinking I'm going to meditate this morning. I'm going to sit and I'm going to channel the light so that I can deal with everything. And the phone rang instantly, and my daughter was off to the races about yesterday and the big drama yesterday. And I felt so emotionally triggered. I felt like I can't take anymore. I can't, and I was literally like in the, on the interplane just saying, I can't take this anymore. I can't take it anymore. I can't take any more drama, emotion. I can't take it. And I said to her, you have to control your mind. And he said, well, why are you getting upset? You should control your mind, <laughs> which was just so incredibly great because I thanked her in that moment, and I stepped back, and I thought, okay, I'm identifying with her emotional stuff, 
And I could just be in the peace of God and know it's not mine and it's not real, which was great. And that was a pause, a moment of pause. And then when we were doing the lesson today in my defensiveness, my safety lies, um, the Holy Spirit un- unpacked the lesson in a completely different way. I mean, of course I know if I attack other people, I think into the ego world dimension of self-identity and um, you know, if I feel like I'm threatened, I'm, then I'm joining that plane of consciousness. I mean, I get all of that, but this was a totally different interpretation. I realized that I've spent most of my life trying to defend myself against these emotional, this emotional pain, this kind of emotional pain. Reverend Pam said on the call, she said in the prayer in the beginning, in the introduction, she said, the outer world is a projection of our inner condition. And I took that into meditation with me, and I realized I'm resonating. I'm like off the charts in resonating with the emotional pain that my daughter's going through. Some uh, other friend I talked to a couple days ago was having an emotional problem, a few, and I just, I, I just felt like I was screaming inside. I couldn't handle it, like listening to other people's problems. And it feels very uncompassionate, you know, to have and to feel so empathic or, if you want to say, to um, feel so triggered by everybody, you know, that the world is just too much for me to handle. So during this meditation, in my defenselessness, my safety lies, I felt the Holy Spirit was so powerful on the call that I could also simultaneously feel all that pain. And it's just like it said in this, in this reading from the text today, which said, um, I, number 88, it says, when you have let all that obscured the truth in your most holy mind be undone for you, you stand in grace. So I'm defending against the Holy Spirit Undoing, undoing what's blocking the light. I mean, my whole life has been about trying to um, deaden the pain inside. You know, and as a child, it was drugs and alcohol, and now it's more like food and television. And isolation just to protect myself from being triggered by the world in every imaginable way. The defense is defending against the light that will purify and release all of this emotional garbage. So in that moment, I was sitting there, and all of this emotional pain was just flowing through me, pouring through me. But the light was so strong, I, t- I, felt, I felt totally safe. You know, I felt totally, totally loved in the light while this other stuff was happening. And it was like in my defenselessness, if I stopped trying to push it away with mantras and going to this guru and doing this meditation practice and reading the course, I mean, I wanted to get off the phone with my daughter this morning so I could spend a good hour reading and studying our text reading and the lesson and then meditating before, before the call actually happened. I mean, all of that is in a form of defending because it's like still the ego is trying to control it's not letting the Holy Spirit decide for me. 
Um, it's said in the lesson today that five minutes will become 10 and 15 is even better. And then a time will come when you won't even want to stop. And that is what I experienced a few days ago. Before I went to bed, I was finishing the lesson, doing the 15-minute thing. And it just went on for two hours. Because once I got into that alignment where I felt my beloved, the divine, the transmission of the Holy Spirit, once I got in that place, I didn't want to stop. It never wants to stop when you get in that place. In that moment, it wasn't a defense. In that meditation that night a couple of days ago, it was like I sat down and layers and layers of the day were being purified. You know, the things I heard on the news came forth. And it was that day that um, it said, just let the thoughts be purified. And it was like the stream of thoughts that had accumulated through the day were just being purified and released and purified and released. Even a television uh, show and a phone conversation and all of these things. And then after it was purified, there was this transmission of holiness. And then I didn't stop. I sat for two hours. But... Um, the lesson for today's lesson, the lesson, the takeaway of the lesson was, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. So when those painful emotions are triggered in the world, the world that is a projection of my inner condition, thanks, you know, I, um, there's a section in the course that says, thank your brother, because he's bringing things up for you to be healed, right? Okay. So the same thing, I'm thanking the situations that are giving me the opening to go in and be purified with the Holy Spirit. Um, anyway, so that was what Kristen was referring to earlier. And uh, thank you for letting me share that. I, I think that that finally broke through to a place where I understand, you know, I can't just go out there and try to... Um, be empty and channel the Holy Spirit while all of this other stuff is not is not clear. I mean, it works sometimes, of course, when I go into the emptiness and the I don't know, and the Holy Spirit does work through me. But there's a lot of, like, almost like knowing that it's not authentic. You know, when I'm trying to be nice but I'm feeling really, really mad, it's because the mad is trying to come up to be purified, and I'm trying to pretend to be spiritual. So enough is enough, but thank you for letting me share that. I'm complete. Oh, boy, thank what you. a great example. Thank you so much. Up and out, up and out. Am I on mute? <laughs> thank you. No, I can hear you. Yeah. True. You can't bottle anything. The the trick is to be quiet with it. That's that's for me the trick anyways, and it's it's no small trick to feel myself um and I think I this was a gift of menopause because I used to go around I was like Sybil and it, I was such a victim of the world. Any little thing could turn me and um I would have bits of emotion that, you know, were totally inappropriate. And, you know, even when they were appropriate, I, I, I didn't seem to have any control over them. So I used to go around singing, where am I going to go when the volcano blows? And 
I had to learn to contain it because it was I was being really inappropriate working as a nurse in in in, in hospitals and nursing homes. You know, you can't be losing your cool with people when you're supposed to be <laughs> taking care of them. So that was a challenge, but um, you know, in in highly volatile, highly emotional, volatile states, um, recognizing they're all within me. There's nothing outside of me. And I think that that's where the I am a victim starts and stops, that I am not a victim of the world. I can change the way that I'm looking at it. and But i got to step back and um, gently embrace who and what I am being as in the moment because I Judy Judy isn't anger you know Judy's the express expressor of it in the form but the anger is the anger and anger comes up you know and it's just another expression of 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 something in form and you know to be angry at angry it's like or to justify anger it's it's just layering more stuff on top of it. That's why we watch it. Anything that comes and goes, comes and goes, comes and goes. It's just an appearance, and it's temporal, and thank God this too will pass. And in the same token, thank God I'm, I'm aware and present in my mind enough to be aware of my thoughts, aware of my feelings, aware of the joys and the happiness. They're every bit as fleeting in this world as are the pains and the sorrows and the laments and the, you know, the, the attacks and the defenses. But anything that's temporal or changing happens within the awareness, of the changeless presence of awareness, which is what and who I am. I'm changeless awareness of presence. Peace and happiness rule here. And it looks upon everything with the same equanimity, the same non-judgment, the same loving acceptance. Here comes, look, here comes. Be grateful or not. That's your choice. (laughs) You know, you don't have to be. (laughs) God doesn't make us be anything. But we do have a choice in, in being exactly the way we are in any given present moment. Ergo, I'm just going to put a cork in it. Sorry I talk so much. I love you guys. Thanks, Judy. Excuse me, I'm, it's Karen. I accidentally hung up instead of muting myself, so if anybody had a comment, I didn't hear it. And um, sorry, Judy. Thank you, Judy, for that chair. I just didn't figure out that that no one was talking back to me, no one said anything. I didn't realize I was that I had even accidentally hung up. <laughs> Crazy. <Thank you. laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Karen, I thanked you for your loving example, and and I'm so grateful you shared your experience. Um, this oh, is Ida. Thanks. Um. My defenselessness, my safety lies. Um, for me, with anger, as I said, I've worked with the essences for years, and that's definitely helped me a lot. Um, 
if I could get out in nature more, I would or I would have. But anyway, at least I had that that uh, spiritual tool. Um, but also, I found when I looked within that um, with essences would help me know, you know, the basis of the anger so I could more easily let go of it. And a lot of times I found out that it was things that happened when I was a kid that made me feel somehow violated or whatever and, you know, something hurt in some way or unloved by my parents or, or whatever. And um, I was not allowed to express anger. And um, so it went inside, turned into resentment, ate me up all these years. So when I looked at being overweight <laughs> so much, was not so much maybe what I was eating, but what was eating me. But anyway, in terms of my emotional healing, um, yeah, when I when I was went inside and talked to my inner child and gave her the love that somehow I didn't feel and allowed her to express what she, the anger or whatever she felt now from back then, it helped me. So anyway, thanks. I'm complete. Well, I'm really glad to hear that, Ida. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Yeah, me too, Ida. Thank you. Listen, um, P.S., hopefully now, with everything that's come out since the time I was a kid, parents are allowing their children to express anger and teach them how to express it appropriately and everything so that they don't go up repressed like me and many people of my generation did because, you know, children were supposed to be seen and not heard and nice girls don't get mad and all that kind of crazy stuff. Thanks. I'm complete. Yeah. Thanks, Ida. That's sort of what um, that's sort of what the lesson is asking us to do. Have a look at what exactly is it I'm protecting myself from now. <laughs> what exactly am I protecting myself from now? And um, well, I can gave so many wonderful examples of of how Holy Spirit speaks to the undefended mind. But it's not the examples that are so important. It's the fact that it's like he says, the Holy Spirit is as loud as your willingness to listen. So when we picked up at paragraph 79, it's like the first instruction is be quiet. <laughs> Just be quiet. 
the Holy Spirit is as loud as your willingness to listen. And it turns out that um, he's exactly right when he says defensiveness is the heaviest toll the ego exacts. Um, because it it is that maneuver, that reaction, that step away from truth that my mind makes when I feel fear and it turns out um, oh gee whiz there's so many things that seem to come to the mind that we're supposed to be afraid of that I feel fear of but when I'm afraid um, what am I listening to really when I'm afraid what am I really listening to I'm listening to my own mind I heard a talk this morning. Uh, accidentally, I didn't mean to press that link, but I did. And I heard uh, Moji talking about what is forgiveness. And here's a lovely definition. Uh, forgiveness is the space you give up, the space that was previously occupied in your mind, the space that was previously occupied in your mind by something that you open up in other words if I feel um, guilty and I will whenever I'm not fulfilling my function of sharing light with my whole mind my whole mind has given up some space somebody's taking up gigabytes in my mind and it's not somebody it's some idea some belief some judgment some condemnation something I don't like most likely something I'm afraid of and I've let it take up space in my spacious mind and when that happens to my mind I lose track of myself myself being all of creation God wasn't that beautiful when he said God would leave no one outside you nothing is outside you everything is in your heart already next week we're gonna I'll be I'll be at the lake so I won't be here uh, most likely but it starts out with a section on guilt and guiltlessness which is among my favorite sections in the whole book so I can't keep myself from commenting when I talk about something taking up space in my mind because he opens up those first 15 paragraphs by saying stand with me in the circle of peace and this morning as I finished listening to Moji and him talking about something taking up space in my mind I thought God he couldn't have talked more clearly about the circle of atonement and as I listened I realized that this circle of atonement he says stand with me that's my heart of course of love makes it really clear when I when I call upon the wisdom of my heart I'm calling upon Christ's mind stand with me he says in the circle of peace and call all our brothers to join with us in this reading he says he would leave nothing outside your holy mind nothing in this circle of peace where 
my mind, my mind makes this circle, you see. My mind makes this circle, and I have a given mind that includes everything. That's my given mind. That was given to me in creation. That includes everything. He would leave no one outside your love. But then what I did in my error was take my mind and turn it into a little tiny spot in this vast circle. And here I am defending this little tiny corner of my mind in this vast circle. Again, call upon the course of love. He says, the world does not keep you separate. You keep yourself separate from the world. How do I do that? In fear, I defend this tiny little fragment of my mind. But wholeheartedness, wholeheartedness says, ask not to be forgiven, but ask to learn how to forgive. All that means is to open up my mind and realize the given nature of it. It's holy. It's given by God and it's included in his mind. My mind is part of God's. I am very holy. God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. Why would I defend this teeny tiny little fragment of ego when God gives me everything? Nothing, nothing that is not included in me. In wholeheartedness, I no longer need to defend that tiny little piece. Everything's safe. Everything's safe because it's as God created it. These ideas, these next 20 ideas, are all around a central theme. That theme is God is but love and therefore so am I. This vast circle of love is eternal, is like its source. It belongs to first cause. You who belong to first cause are more than merely guiltless. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You are more than merely guiltless. I need to establish a condition in my mind for knowledge, this whole, this whole chapter, from perception to knowledge, the awareness of holiness and truth. I need to establish a condition for that. And all I need to do is say to my Father, I belong to you and I don't know the truth. I don't know the truth. I've called it by many names. I thought it was this. I thought it was that. I thought it was this idea, this belief, this list of rules that I had in my pocket. I didn't know. I didn't know that only good could come to me. The denial of the opposite of goodness. Only this step need you take with God beside you. For until you do, you cannot know that he is in you. And here's the great thing. Remember back in chapter 11, we said, you have defiled the altar. That means only that I've had some ideas opposite truth. But I have not changed the truth at all. The truth is still good. God is still love. God is still on his throne. And I don't know, sick him. 
as my mother used to say. <laughs> I thought I did, and I defined it many ways. But God is still on his throne. I have no need to defend myself. And when I take this step with God beside me, he, he takes the final step, which is exactly what he's given us in paragraph 89. When guilt is undone, when I say, I don't know, I made mistakes because I didn't know, that doesn't mean I'm guilty. That means I'm ready for truth. Then God gives himself. Then God gives himself to me. So ask not to be forgiven, but ask to learn how to forgive. Only that means to give up that tiny bit of defense with my little sword and shield that I protected. I have no need for that. And God will take the final step. Atonement becomes real and visible to those who use it on earth. That is your only function. And all that means is let truth be true. Will I let truth be true? And every time I do, God gives himself to me. Another bit of error falls off my mind. Another layer of mistaken ideas drops away. The whole next chapter is called Bringing Illusions to Truth. I was mistaken. That's all. I didn't know. And for that tiny step, God will give himself to me. That's all. It's so simple. So it is my function to decide against deciding. Lesson 74 says, there is no will but God's. There is no will but God's. And when you accept this, he says, all conflict will fall away from you. All conflict is the idea that there's another will. There's a tiny bit of something needs protecting and defending. That was my mistake. I don't know how to will with God. But he will reveal to me that I have a natural response, a natural, kind, and helpful response to everything, including bodily pain. Perhaps for me, the last thing to be forgiven simply means that there's nothing, 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 nothing that can interfere with the love of God or his son and love the son for the father, nothing. Nothing can interfere with that. Forgiveness is the acknowledgement that that is true eternally. He says the soul, the soul knows, loves, and creates. It knows, loves, and creates. Those are its unequivocal functions. And when all those layers of defense are peeled away from my mistaken mind, it was just a mistake. When they're all peeled away, I'm returned to the state of grace of my soul. The only truth that ever existed are God and his souls. And the soul knows that the consciousness of all its brothers are included in its own. These are 
These are the truths, the nature of the kingdom. What will I defend? Be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. Means simply to say, I don't know. Please tell me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not expected to know. It's not my job to know. My job is to reflect the majesty and grandeur of our Father. And all of that is given just exactly like it says in today's lesson. Isn't that phenomenal? He says the ministers of God can never fail because the love and strength and peace that shine from them to all their brothers come from him. All I'm doing is polishing the mirror of my mind so that the holiness, majesty of God can be reflected in this world. And that's how I know. That's how I know what he means when he says, I will not know the light unless I share it. Just like he said in chapter 6, the peace of God shines in your mind forever, but it must shine outward for you to be aware of it. That's the only way. That's the only way I can realize my mind is not trapped in my body. My mind belongs to God as part of God and is very holy. And with that simple recognition, I become wholehearted. I've realized that everything is included in with me as I am included with the Father. And it all is holy. And it all is beautiful. It's all lovable. All of it. Finally, he says, in Course of Love, I'll call upon that again. He says, the house of truth is big enough to hold the house of illusion. That's my spacious self, where I recognize in my wholeheartedness everything is included with me. And one day, when I walked into a wood and participated with souls, praising our Father, I knew for a fact that every single soul is always praising and thanking God. Always. <laughs> Despite my limited awareness, this is always available for us. And life becomes the joy of living with God our Father. I'm complete. <laughs> Thank you, Lori. That was beautiful. Yeah, thank you, Lori. That was beautiful. Yes, it thank was. Thank you so much. You, thank you, Lori. That. Yes, you, Lori. I love your simple clarity, Lori. Simple clarity. Thank you. <laughs> Let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost 70 years old and I've spent a long time trying on my own but um, I have experienced the rewards of what can happen when I get out of my own way I'm complete Amen. I've experienced myself thank you Lori yeah Amen from Jude, who used to be very obscured, <laughs> obscure your clouded mind. <laughs> Amen.
Oh dear me, I didn't know, um, I didn't know we'd gone on so long. Uh, but, um, let's see. (laughs) I I stored it all up since I won't be here next week. I just, I couldn't avoid touching chapter 14. It's one of my favorites. Um, but let me see. I think, I don't have, let's see, is this it? You know where I'm going to go? I'm going to go to chapter 11, paragraph 60. 59, every child of God is one in Christ. For his being is in Christ as Christ is in God. Christ's love for you is his love for his Father, which he knows because he knows his Father's love for him. When the Holy Spirit has at last led you to Christ at the altar to his Father, perception fuses into knowledge because perception has become so holy that its transfer to holiness is merely its natural extension. Love transfers to love without any interference for the situations are identical and only the ability to make this transfer is the product of learning. As you perceive more and more common elements in all situations, the transfer of your training under the Holy Spirit's guidance increases and becomes generalized. Gradually, you learn to apply it to everyone and everything, for its applicability is universal. When this has been accomplished, this step, perception and knowledge become so similar that they share the unification of the laws of God. What is one cannot be perceived as separate, and the denial of the separation is the reinstatement of knowledge. At the altar of God, the holy perception of God's Son becomes so enlightened that light streams into it, and the Spirit of God's Son shines in the mind of the Father and becomes one with it. Very gently does God shine upon himself loving the extension of himself, which is his son. The world has no purpose as it blends into the purpose of God. For the real world has slipped quietly into heaven, where everything eternal in it has always been. There the Redeemer and the redeemed join in perfect love of God and of each other. Heaven is your home, and being in God, it must also be in you. Amen. Thank you, everyone, who makes this call. It is every day. So grateful.